Vertonghen is in there! It looks like that might be a Spurs winner. Bale, oh, lovely range on the ball. It's a fine pass into Harry Kane, who shoots with devastating effect. It is Harry Kane who scores. Son has a shot! The wait is over for Tottenham fans. They now have a new head coach, and that man is Nuno Espirito Santo. Welcome to the State Says First Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Here we are to talk about the victory of the season, possibly. Who knows? It couldn't. It, it could. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it goes uphill from here. It could just go downhill from here. Um, but joined tonight, back in my hosting duties, but joined with Austin and Chris and Q. Uh, you might hear a little bit of snoring. You might hear a little bit of snoring through uh, Chris's mic. Um, but you know what? I snore as well, so that's okay. Uh, you can always find us on our socials at Stateside Spurs on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, we're just trying to figure out who is the uh, best Twitter user of the group. Uh, we might have to take a... a a poll here because all of us suck at twitter but draw virtual straws yeah draw virtual straws but you know what man if we're going to record a podcast uh after our first game of the season i don't think any of us thought we would be this excited but here we are uh three points after a city uh a, a city game at home without harry kane chris i'm coming to you first how are you feeling man i'm I'm so excited. I'm trying to like hold it back and not be over the top excited. Because no, no, no. be over the top. The Let's go. Give it to but, me. But like I, watching that game, I, I my wife must have thought I was crazy because she didn't think that the uh, I don't even think she realized Spurs were playing, and I was just like huddled in a corner watching on my phone because the kids had taken the uh, the big TV in the living room. And I'm just like in the corner going absolutely ballistic. So my wife must have thought I was crazy. Yeah, that was the, I, that was the best feeling on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, let, let's uh, Austin real quick. I'm going to come to you, see how you're feeling. And then I want to ask you guys a specific question before you jump into the lineups and the city uh, review. So, Austin, how are you feeling? Three points. Oh, man, uh, it's Sunday. Sunday and Monday were uh, tough to get through. Just I was just buzzing. So I was like vibrating. My whole body was like vibrating for like 48 hours. Um, you know, I watched it alone with just my dogs because my my wife knew. I told her ahead of time, I was like we're probably gonna get killed. So she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go shopping then. So she she was out of the house, and I was scaring <laughs> my dogs wise. with, with every every tackle, screaming, chanting. I was clapping. I think our my neighbors probably thought like. We had a party going on at our house but it was just me making noise i missed it. i realized i missed the pub yeah, yeah yeah i mean dude i was there with you this was the first match that um uh you know i was watching with my girlfriend and she only watched the first 25 minutes and so i, I did send a text message the night before um as i was going to sleep just hey you know just Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. I hope you're prepared to be disappointed in Tottenham like I have been the past decade. Uh, <laughs> and sure enough, the first 20 minutes were pretty disappointing, but she did not get to see my... Uh, uh, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Ten, that's, that's ten, fair. Yeah. 
That's fair. She did not get to see me screaming in my car on my way home as Sun scores that uh, that goal from uh, outside of the box with his left foot. But let's get into it. First off, before we get into the lineups, Chris, Austin, what was your reaction when Sun scores that goal in the in the 55th minute, I believe, uh, from outside the box? What? Where were you? What were you thinking? How did you react? I was standing up about five feet in front of my television. It's funny because I had texted my wife a picture of my dog laying on the couch right where I was sitting. And she's like, did she take your spot? I go, no, I'm standing. I can't like, I can't keep myself sitting down, but I was standing up watching that goal go in. And cause that counterattack was, was really nice. Sort of the great move from Lucas. And it's kind of one of those counterattacks where like, uh, uh, okay. Okay. And he takes Ake on, and you know when Sun cuts in and lets it rip, there's like a 10% chance it goes yeah. in the corner. And I started running around my living room like a maniac, um, pounding on the ground, screaming. Uh, my dogs were very scared. I felt bad for them. I felt bad for my neighbors as well. Chris, what about you? What were you doing? Where were you at? So you guys might be kind of mad at me. I was changing oh, a diaper. No. Oh, you didn't see it? Not immediately. No. <laughs> I, uh, times. All right, Chris, you stop talking. It's okay. I'll, no, I'll no, 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 no. It's you a very proud moment because no. my wife was seeing my phone and she was like, "Hey, I, I think something happened." And I was like, <laughs> "What do you mean you think?" And I came running back over and she was like, "Yeah, I think your team scored." And I was like, "I think oh. your team scored." She didn't say Tottenham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, she like, or she 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 gave it away. Like, it sounds like at first she didn't want to give it away, but then she did anyways. Yeah, she because I'm like I'm sitting there changing a diaper, so I can't just like leave. First when of all, just sitting like, on the hus- table. husband of the year or changing a diaper, you know, in the, in the second half, like come on, Q, props to you. Come on, Q, time it better hey, than that, buddy. Hey, come on, look, I got it. He was in his full Spurs onesie that day, yeah. so we were matched up. We were looking good, so I wanted to make sure it stayed clean. It's the crisp white. Yeah, well, no, I'll yeah, give that, that crisp lily white. That's a bold choice for a baby onesie. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, driving in my car on the way back from my girlfriend's house. I was I watched the first house the the first half there, and then I was gonna drive back to my house. But uh, we started a little bit late, um, so we were about ten minutes behind. So by the time that I got into my car to drive home, second half had started, and I was turning on my street, and sure enough, sun cuts in, scores with his left foot. And I'm just thankful that my car does not have a camera uh, that can record me or see what I'm saying or how I'm acting <laughs> to a, a soccer game that's happening uh, thousands of miles away for a soccer team that I have no reason why I have any allegiance to because uh, I was screaming. I was just I was like, here we go. This is it. And and then, man, it just felt so great. So, um, yeah, that's where I was. Chris, sorry you didn't get to see it live, but I'm sure it was just as sweet for you to see it uh, on replay uh, oh, after yeah. having a clean diaper for Q. Yeah, Let's talk about the lineup here. Um, Austin, I'm going to give this straight to you because <laughs> yep. the, li- the lineup came out. I think it's what we all expected. It's what we saw. Yep. In pre- it's what we saw in preseason. Um, there was no surprises from this lineup. Uh, talk to me about it. What did you think? What were your thoughts from the starting lineup and the bench? No, I think this is, oddly enough, this is probably one of the times in the past maybe three years that um, I can't really take any kudos for calling the lineup because I think 80% of Spurs fans out there in in pre-match forums called this lineup. Uh, It was the exact lineup against Arsenal. 
Um, most of these players are, are players that played a lot in preseason. And if you look at it, I mean, it's the players who are most, most match fit and had the most um, kind of sharpness coming into the match. So we did not have any big surprises here. You know, is the, the back four with Tanganga and Regulon, Dyer, or Tangon Regulon, Tanganga and Regulon as the fullbacks, Dyer and Sanchez in the middle. And then that midfield three of Skip, Hoybier, Delhi, front three of, of Bergwine, uh, Sun, and Lucas. The interest, the only interesting tactical kind of nuance that was a little bit different was where Skip and Hoybear played. Hoybear yeah. was playing more on the right side as that box to box, that pressing midfielder, and he broke forward sometimes. And Skip stayed very central, very deep. I'm looking at his uh his average positioning here. He almost looked like he was in the center of a back three when it goes to the average average touch map. So that was the only slight tweak tactically. But the 11 was what we all expected. Yeah, yeah. Chris, real quick, I want, I want you to touch on this because Austin made a great point here is that Hoiberg played a different role than what we saw all of last season. You know, Skip slipped into that Hoiberg role and Hoiberg played the box to box role that we saw in the Euros uh, yeah, with Denmark. That's what I was going to say. And that was something that, you know, a lot of people were saying like, oh, we didn't know that he, that he had this in his locker. Um, but we don't know if we want that for Spurs. But here we are, first game of the season. And what were your thoughts on Hoiberg? I mean, he did have a good opportunity uh, in the second half. He had a shot, I think, that he missed with his right foot coming uh, yeah. coming inside the box. But he, he was box-to-box. Him and Delhi. I mean, Delhi had, had the most, um, I think, ground-covered uh, He covered match. two kilometers more than anybody else in the pitch. He didn't which, just cover more ground. Which shows you – okay, so we'll get to Delhi in a second. But, Chris, what are your thoughts on Hoiberg playing that, that different role as opposed to what he played last season – so nail on the head as far as he's playing the role that um, that he played in the Euros, that he picked up in the Euros. I'm kind of wondering, and I don't want to get ahead of myself on this, if Hoybier stepping into that role in training has been one of the reasons that they haven't really kind of brought Ndombele in. Is Hoybier has kind of taken that role and he's more match fit, number one, match ready, and he's more what uh, NES is looking for. Um, but again, don't want to get ahead of myself with the whole Indomble talk, so let's just stick with uh, with Hoybier. I had to go back and actually watch the game, or at least uh, chunks of it, over again because initially, and I was talking to Austin about this, I had pegged Skip and Hoybier in the wrong places, and I kept thinking Hoybier was dropping deep. But you go back and you watch it; it's Skip that's dropping in between Sanchez and Dyer uh, and playing the more defensive role, and Hoybier who's doing all the running. Yeah, he's not out of place in this role at all i I expected for him to be the the defensive the that defensive mid workhorse and he has shown that he has another another facet to his game um the link up play was there the pushing the ball forward being more aggressive and still having the defensive workhorse mentality to be able to cover for lucas and tanganga because that was a strong side of the field for yeah. uh, for City having Sterling and Grealish over there, so yeah. I I think maybe that's one of the reasons that they put him on that right side and let Skip drop back is because Sterling and Grealish and I think uh, who's the left back of Mindy Mindy was the left back on that side. So yeah. I was going to say, Chris, Mindy's the interesting point there. They targeted Tanganga thinking he'd be our weak spot, but putting Hoybier on the right for us allowed us to target Mindy, who was the only weak spot on the entire pitch for either side. Mindy 
was by far the worst player on the pitch. Hoybier two or three times just straight up picked his pocket. I don't know. I don't think Ake did right himself any favors. I'm sorry? <laughs> I don't think Ake did himself any favors in that match. Well, he and Fernand Torres didn't get much service, but but Mindy lost the ball multiple times on that yeah. side of the pitch. Uh, and Hoybier just owned him. And then so, Tanganga handled so both if, of uh, Sir, me, Sterling and Grealish. But I me, wanted to mention that about, about Hoybier starting on the right. It helped us take advantage of Mindy. Yeah, so let me reel us back into kind of the, the lineup that we saw. Um, you know, seeing that lineup that we put out and then seeing the city lineup and then seeing our bench and the city bench, uh, give me some realistic expectations that you had, Austin, and what you expected from this game just based off the lineups an hour before kickoff. I mean, I thought my prediction I mean, was... you saw you saw Dyer and Sanchez, right, starting at center. Well, so I was worried, but I also saw Dyer and Sanchez playing decently in, in preseason. And... It was a Manchester, a weekend Manchester City squad on the, uh, starting 11, but they had lots of power on the bench. So I immediately thought, OK, this is probably going to be one of those games where maybe we come out firing, sneak a goal. But then they bring on their subs in the second half and dominate the second half. And we have to hold on for a point. And that was what my prediction was before before uh, in our previous pod. And that's how I kind of felt because Fernan Torres hasn't done much for City uh, Sterling had a had a lot of running over the summer. Grealish is brand new to the squad. You know they had they had Ake uh, playing in defense and Mindy in defense. So I thought, okay, it's not their strongest eleven. They don't have a lot of you know Mares is always dangerous, but they don't have you know a lot of their their big power hitters um, on the pitch. You know Walker's not starting. You know, Cancelo's out there, but he doesn't like to defend as much. Like. I kind of thought, okay, we might be able to get at them in the first half, but they'll bring on their subs in the second half, and that's where they'll show us up is, is how much depth on the bench there. That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, I didn't think that we were going to get blown away, but I thought there's no way as the game goes on we're going to be able to hold, hold on to this. Yeah. Chris, thoughts there uh, when you saw the lineups? What do, what do you think? What were your concerns? The same. Yeah. When, uh, when I saw the starting lineup, I think I had picked the Dyer-Sanchez center-back pairing. and. Yeah. After last season, I think everybody sees that pairing and just thinks, oh, God, what are we getting ourselves into? Um, so I, I looked at our si- our lineup, and I just wasn't really surprised at how we were lined up. Uh, like Austin said, City put out kind of a weakened side, and I was very much the same. I really thought that they would have a reasonable first half, and then the second half they would kind of kick into that second gear where we wouldn't be able to really keep up, and they would – Sneak past us then. Um, yeah. I walked into the game hoping for a 2-1. Um, I, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Let, let's uh, – I, I know we want to talk about a lot of things, but we got to keep – Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about a lot of things. Just real quick, I want to couch something that Chris and I just both said. We both said weak inside. City's back line in that game, that was that back four, cost 20 million more pounds than our entire starting 11. So we're giving City a little too much credit saying they started a weak inside because – that back well, line cost twenty million more did, than our entire What did Jose Mourinho say a couple of years ago about Manchester City? There are three teams that can win the league: Manchester City, Liverpool, and Manchester City's B team. Yeah. So I mean, the fact that they paid fifty million for Mindy and that and how much ever for Ake is just incredible. I think, I think to, Ake was fifty million as well. Um, so that's like a what two hundred million pound back line. Yeah, I think totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about a few things. I want to I want to transition this into uh, what a what a fantastic what a fantastic home environment that was 
for the fans in the stadium. All and, the chills. And that was the that was the one thing that I forgot how much I missed was just hearing sixty. Well, I mean, I don't remember. Did we? I guess we did see sixty thousand fans in the stands uh, the season before times, COVID. But, but man, that was an electric environment that um, that was happening at. Tottenham Hotspur, Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and uh, it was hard not to get chills. It was hard not to feel the fans behind the squad. And so how much of that is is going to be a difference maker this year? I mean, we saw an entire Premier League season last year uh, with a record amount of games won by away teams because of the lack of fans in the stands. Uh, do we think that this is going to be a, a turning point um, not only for us, but for every team in the Premier League, that the home the home factor is back into into play, Austin. Oh, I think 100. percent I mean, look at the the Brentford Arsenal match, right? Uh, you, I mean, Brentford's not a big ground by any means, but that almost makes it more powerful because in those small grounds, the fans have that much more power, right? Yeah. And then I also think there's a handful of players um, that just need the fans. I, I'm thinking specifically on our squad. Deli Alley is a player that thrives in those environments, right? We've seen for basically two years playing in empty stadiums. And over the weekend, we saw him work harder than I've seen him work since maybe 2016 or 2017. It's been ma- oh, at least three years since I've seen him pouring into every tackle the way he was. I mean, even at the end of the match there where everyone's focusing on Donaldson Sanchez's tackle and the fans cheering that louder than a goal, and rightly so, right before that Deli Alley tries a slide tackle from behind that comes nowhere near the player or the ball, but he's just diving and giving every inch of himself to try to stop that counterattack in the 94th minute, right? Um, so our defense played better. Uh, our midfield never got tired. We looked like we had more energy. I think a lot of that's the fitness, but just every player on that pitch is a player we've had for at least yeah. a season, if not more. And they all seemed like the just the energy uh, from the crowd was just coursing through them. And Colin, you're right. I didn't realize just how much I missed uh, the fans in in that atmosphere, even watching the game on television until uh, that match. I will say, though, I slightly missed Arudis Sandstorm. Sandstorm when um when Sun scored. I, I, I kind of miss Sandstorm. Yeah. Chris, uh, I want to ask you this. It's time to just to talk about the squad in general. Um, you know, this is not a new team. The team that we saw on Sunday is a team that we've had. There were no introduction of new players. This is the same squad that Mourinho could have chosen from last year. If anything less, it's a weakened squad because there's no Kane. There's no Adeverald. There's no Ndombele. And so what is the difference between 2019, 2020, 2020-2021 um, squad between this squad that we just saw on Sunday? What is the difference? How, how can the performance be this drastic? Because if you remember, we played City, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it was in November of last year. I could be had their month wrong, but we won 2-0. Uh, but City had around 20 shots uh, on goal. Uh, not all on target, but 20 shots total, and we had two, and we won 2-0. The difference is this year, uh, we had 13 shots total, and they had 18. But the, the game felt drastically different, and we were missing, uh, potentially from last year's team, three of our best players. So what, what, what's different? What, what, what was the difference between last year and this year? 
to steal a phrase from he who shall not be named. It's a uh, same team, same team, different manager. Um, I honestly, I, I put a lot of this and we've heard a lot of this as you go through a lot of news stories, just about what training has been like. Um, I talked to Austin a little bit about this at the end of our last pod, but Nuno seems to be very much the juxtaposition between the hardcore strategy of Jose Mourinho, because he is of the Jose Mourinho School of Coaching, but he's also a, a coach who's known for having the ability to put his arm around a player and bring them in and create kind of that close bond between himself and the players. They, they like him. And I would imagine right now, after dealing with everything these guys just dealt with, with Mourinho leaving and having this manager come in, and uh, I think that lends itself a lot to the atmosphere in the locker room. And it, it's brought, you know, maybe that extra gear uh, as in when uh, when Pochettino was here and he was an underrated manager. Um, so I, I put a lot of it down to the way that uh, that Nuno is coaching them. And, and what he's bringing out of them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think that it can it can it can change that much. Uh, Austin, we we need to wrap the city preview up quickly, but I'm going to come to you to wrap this up. What is? Can I say one thing? Yeah, go just ahead. real quick, because you guys were talking about stadium atmosphere and some of our players and how they um, really buy into. It. I don't know if anybody caught this. Lucas is another player who definitely feeds off the crowd. There was one point where he, I think he was taking a corner kick and he's yelling into the crowd, Coys, 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 Coys. Like, yeah, love that guy. Yeah. That's true. There's, a two, there's two things I want to talk about here. Uh, the, the last thing I want to talk about from, from, the, from the bigger picture of this game is um, – w- from my perspective, and I, I mentioned this in our group chat, is that the difference between uh, a Mourinho squad and a Mason squad, and I'm not going to give Mason too much uh, too much uh, backlash on this because he was in charge for what, six, seven games, but <clears throat> it was that we scored a goal and we continued to press. We continued to, to attack. We didn't drop 10, 11 players behind the ball. We continued to look for a chance to score a second goal. Um what was Austin? What was your favorite part of 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 this game of this performance from a Tottenham perspective? Um, so I have two separate answers. My favorite part of it in the match, while I'm watching it before reflection, was the level of effort across the pitch and just the unity of the team. Just just the overall. Uh, you could feel the the chemistry and unity of every player on that pitch giving the same level of effort and account and ha- holding themselves accountable to everybody else on the pitch. You could feel that. And, that, and, and I said this in our group chat it was the first time I felt that since 2017, um, not not 2018, not 2019. Like. The, the Champions League run had some personal heroics. You know, Sun against City and Lucas against Ajax. But this was the first time I felt that since the 2016-17 team in the last year of White Hart Lane, uh, where every player on the pitch seemed like they are on the same page, all giving their all. Upon reflection, my favorite thing about that performance was how we set up in the midfield. The midfield finally was set up for the first time since probably 2018-19 or 2017-18, actually, that year we played at Wembley, 
where it still shielded the back line, but gave us a platform for our attacking players to express themselves. So Dyer and Sanchez magically looked like they were competent sitter backs, right? Dyer didn't put a single foot wrong, didn't make a single error. When's the last time did you see Dyer not make a single error in a game? It's because they were put in positions to succeed. Tanganga was asked a lot. They asked a lot of him. And he 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 fulfilled those duties, right? But the way we set up in midfield with Delhi and Hoybier pressing the half spaces and skip shielding the back line, clogging up the middle, put Dyer and Sanchez in positions that they like to be in. It put Sanchez in a position to man mark and use his physicality. It put Dyer in positions to just intercept passes and win headers. And it succeeded. And it's the first time I've seen that in three or four years. So upon reflection, that was my favorite part because just with a three-man midfield, we were able to improve our defense and allow three attackers up top to stay forward and, and express themselves. Under Mourinho, we left one or two people up top, maybe, Yeah. right? And under Pochettino, with the 4-2-3-1, as it got further into his, his tenure, that midfield two wasn't good enough in shielding the back line, and our back line started shipping goals like for fun. And we couldn't okay. get the ball up top. So that was my favorite part. All right. <clears throat> I want to ask you both uh, two things here. And then we got to move on because we have a lot to talk about. Um, the first thing I want to ask you is um, your Chris, I want to go with you first here is what was your uh, your biggest takeaway and your uh, and or your biggest surprise from this fixture? Um, that we came into it with a cohesive, cohesive game plan. There was actually a plan set in place, and it honestly looked like each player, after uh, you guys were saying it earlier, maybe the 10 minutes, I would say, honestly, after about 15 minutes, you could see that game plan kind of cement itself, and everybody knew what their role was, what they were supposed to do, and and that made a world of difference just in the confidence you could see from the players. So if I was going to take one thing away from it, I would say in a game like this, first game of the season, you're missing Harry Kane. Uh, and Domble has not even come into the team. You're on a shaky back line at best with Dyer and Sanchez. Sanchez, who's could be leaving literally at any moment. The team still managed to and Tanganga, a makeshift defensive right back who's what, 21, I think. Um, we still managed to have a solidified game plan against a top six opponent that not, I, I mean, could be uh, proud the, of the champions of England. The champions, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're top uh, six right now. The season just started. So, Chris, your biggest surprise player of the game? It has to be Tanganga. Okay. I, I mean, I knew he would be good. I did not know he would be that good. Austin, give me the same takeaway as your 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 biggest surprise. Your your the thing that stood out the most to you from this game, and then your biggest surprise player from the game. So my biggest takeaway from the game is that Skip and Tanganga are 100 percent ready for full-time action. Now, I, I want to say this. I want to couch this with a caveat because a lot of people are going to say this probably. If you look at the first game of a Premier League season, we often play an academy player in the midfield or in defense because people are coming back from international duty or aren't ready yet. You know, we've had Kyle Walker-Peters two seasons in a row. He started at right back for us and had good games. We've had uh, in past seasons um, – you know, who am I thinking of? Uh, Tom Carroll and others have started in midfield. This isn't the same thing, right? 
Skip looked a little shaky in the first 15 minutes, but he grew into the game and had a very solid game at a very difficult position against probably the most difficult team to play in midfield against in England. And Tanganga was man of the match. So my biggest takeaway is that those two players aren't just depth players. They're they're fighting for starting uh, spots. Um, then my biggest surprise is Deli Alley because Deli Alley showed that he is fully bought into Nuno. He's fully bought into this role. If he's gonna, if he's gonna be playing in this team, it's gonna be in that midfield role uh, in this type of system. And he's bought into the running and the hard work of it. It's the first time I've seen him working this hard since, like I said, sixteen, seventeen. And I, I, I didn't have a doubt that Delhi would come out and try to improve this season and get back to it. But I was shocked. He ran as he covered as much ground as we used to see Erickson cover. Yeah. And that was my biggest surprise. And yeah. I'm happy to say that. I'm happy to say I was wrong about Delhi's work, about Delhi's uh, ability, uh, role on the pitch. Hopefully it continues. I would love it if Delhi just runs his socks off all year long. Yeah. Um, I'll briefly answer those questions that I asked you both. I think the, the biggest the biggest takeaway for me is that this is a cohesive unit that it is no longer a um, it, it, it is the fact that they were all fighting for each other. It was like the first time when I mean, we saw in that Amazon documentary where Kane was just like, we just fall apart. It's like we just didn't fall apart. It was it was insane to feel like that. I mean, I, I know Austin sent a message like the 80th minute. It was like, you know, get your butt cheeks clenched, you know, like that that type of moment. But there wasn't really a time where I was no? like, in this game where I was fearful because I remember like the 90th minute. It was like this panic, like even the slide tackles and the tackles that were being made were like in control. It was like this team just trusted each other and they, they never stopped fighting for each other. And I haven't seen this since Pochettino's team. Preach. Yeah. And so it, it was just like, finally, we have our Tottenham back. And I'm not going to say we're winning the league. I'm not saying we're finishing top four. But all I want to see is the fight and the continued uh, effort to get on the front foot. And yes, we are. We played the best possession team in the league. But with that being said, we had them on the heels with every counterattack because we were fit, we were ready to go, and that's because of Nuno. And so huge props to Nuno because none of us expected to see Nuno as the manager heading into the season, uh, this offseason anyways. And Chris, shout out to you because in March you mentioned this, that you, would, you wouldn't mind seeing Nuno, and here we are. With Nuno as our manager, and I think that you know you you for you had some foresight here, and, and uh, he has got this team to believe and buy into what his, whatever philosophy he's preaching. Uh, I'm gonna mimic you, Austin. I think you know there's a lot of people that I would say are I'm surprised to see uh, Tanganga skip, um, but I think a lot of people were were focused on Delhi and the fact that Delhi. Uh, just kind of bought into the, the nitty gritty, the hard work of running that much and just kind of, you know, doing the, the selfless things for the team and not having to do the flashy stuff because he's not one of the front three. He's now one of the people that are playing a box to box, box to box midfield position. Uh, I love to see that. And I think that's another thing. Uh, maybe he's buying into Nuno's like selfless, like we are a team, we are a unit. And so, I, you know, I, I told you guys this um, in a text message, but a lot of this has to do with demand management. And this squad isn't as bad as we thought it was. 
Mourinho was just that bad <laughs> at man managing this team. Which is that bad of a fit, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and we didn't even get to see some of these new signings. I mean, was it Cutie, they call him? Christian oh, Romero. Yeah, Romero came on for a couple minutes. Yeah, but we didn't get to see, like, our, nope. our, our, our star center back, you know, because Sanchez and Dyer were that good. And that is that that makes me feel good. Like, Brian Sanchez, Hill didn't get didn't come on. Brian Hill didn't come on, and, and you know, and Harry Kane and Dombele. So we're gonna get into all of that, but that's just my takeaway. What a buzzing feeling that it was after winning this game three nil. So, um, you know, onwards and upwards. That is, Chris. What did we say? If we win this game, or both of you guys, you know, I said, listen, we we might win this game, but we're gonna get thrashed at the Etihad. You were like, I'm fine with that. Splitting points with City. Well, yeah. great. Worst case scenario, we split points. Hey, with Nuno, Nuno has pulled the double over City before, so. He has, he has. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about before we move on from this game? I think we hit it all. We, I think we hit everything about about the game, except for the the only thing that we we can talk about this with transfers at the end, though, is the media were so ready to just bypass this game and treat it as a excuse to talk about Harry Kane. Yeah, I, and then I, they had to talk about us beating City, and I just got so much schadenfreude for that. Like, I, you I have to real, shut real up real on quick, transfer real, talk. Real quick, before we move on, I want to get both of your guys' take on this. The fans singing, are you watching Harry Kane? Inject it into my veins, Colin. <laughs> Inject it into my veins. I could not get enough of it. One, because fans are back. Two, the whole stadium was chanting chanting it and three we didn't know if harry was there or not but i love it because the cheekiness of, of of english fans is what makes english premier league soccer so amazing right so oh yeah couldn't get enough of it chris your thoughts on that i think the times did report that he was in the stadium but that he wasn't visible in one of the boxes or anything he was in the cheese room probably yeah like that he just wasn't out i I, I mean, you can't say enough about the atmosphere of the game. And then to top it all off with that, um, but yeah, like you were saying, Austin, everyone was so ready for this to be the, see, Spurs are going to go here and get thrashed by City. This is why Kane wants to leave. And obviously, like, they were ready for that narrative to be the case. And when we won and they had to go back and say, well, Spurs won this. And not only did the Spurs win it, we deserved to win that game. It wasn't a cheeky, we yeah. nicked one at the end or something like that. We absolutely, from start to finish, or I would say from 10 to 15 minutes into the game on to the end, deserved all three points from that game. Oh, no, absolutely. This was not the Jose Mourinho wins that over City when he was with us where we got really fortunate, right? We controlled their chances. They had two big chances, right? The Mara's one where he slipped and Fernandino's head, header. The rest were half chances at best. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, Fernand Torres right in front of goal that was blocked by Sanchez. Yeah. But we controlled the match. The the thing that, that really rubs me the wrong way, and I'm starting to – I never really cared about City before. Never really cared about them. But just the just the audacity of Pep Guardiola to act like he – oh, we don't have a striker. Like, poor us. You've spent a billion pounds since you've come into City, and you, you kept a striker on the bench – and, and Gabriel has Jesus. You have a striker. You just refuse to use him. Like you've spent a billion pounds, and now we're supposed to feel bad for you because you don't have a striker. Like I'm sorry, you manage your money poorly. Like that's not my problem. I ugh, just the audacity of the media loving all over City 
and and City acting like they're put upon because they don't have the star striker up front. Well, yeah. you know, you had about five years to replace Kuniguero, who was going downhill very slowly. So and they, and they struggled ugh. with Jesus, but well, let's move on. We're gonna talk about transfers soon, and Kane will be a part of that conversation. So. Um. Yeah. Three points onwards and upwards. We we uh we we head into Thursday's match of the Europa Conference League against Chris the Pacos. The Pacos. Is that how we're gonna Pacos call it? Pacos de Ferreira. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Pacos that's that's the Ferreira. best way to say it. I can't. Yeah. Say the Portuguese team. Um. This is kind of a joke of a game uh, in the sense of like it's a two-leg game. Uh, but Harry Kane has been announced as being a part of that squad. He's not going. He's not going. He's not going to play anymore. He's not going to play. He's not going to play, Colin. He's, he's not going to play. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. He's not. He's I'm not, not getting my hopes up for anything. But he's been announced that he will be a part of the squad on Thursday. Did the, the, the club announce that, or is that just ITKs and rumors? Because I've seen just as many rumors. Saw one five hours ago saying that he will be working on fitness at Hotspur Way and not be in Portugal. I just oh, saw that five hours ago oh. from a different tier two source. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know. No one knows until until the lineups are. Announced. He's part of he's part of the registered squad. I don't think he's going to Portugal. I think there's zero point zero point zero percent chance that he's in Portugal. That he even yeah. travels with the team. Chris, is there any concern? I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this fixture because this is a playoff fixture to get into the Europa Conference League that technically we should be a shoe in for. Even if we go to this this ground in Portugal and lose, we still have a home leg where we can we can uh, mm-hmm. un- un- unleash uh, the firepower that we have the, at, at, at our disposal. So what are you expecting to see, Chris? Was Is this a second string squad? Is this, the, is this a U23 squad? What are we taking to Portugal on, on Thursday? I think it's, uh, well, first off, this isn't too much of a joke match. I think Paco de Ferreira finished like fifth in the Portuguese league last season. They're not like awful. They're just not great. Um, it's something like that. It's not but, like the like sixth place team from Bulgaria or something. Yeah. Like, it's a decent league. I think we're going to see not a super soft lineup from Spurs. I think we're still going to see a fairly strong group. Um, like I, I could see them maybe giving uh, Romero some minutes in this game, maybe getting Hill some minutes in this game. And those are not like joke players. It's not just tossing them out there. Roden could play in this game and still have a pretty strong lineup. But I think we're going to – I'm with Austin. I, I don't – I just don't see them dragging Harry Kane to this no matter what the situation is unless he himself says – yeah, I need to get my fitness up, and this this looks like a good chance for me to. to I mean, to be fair, play. it was Fabrizio Romano that's reporting that he is going to make this appearance on on Thursday. I mean, I, he's, he's tier he's tier one. So the, the other is. part of this is at this point we are now two weeks away from the window closing. City have yet to make their bid, and I know we'll get all to that, so I don't want to sidetrack. But he has to start. He he's back in training and full training with the team now. So he does have to start integrating back in and start getting that match fitness and that match sharpness up because if nothing happens, he has to, he's going to play. He's going to want to play. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's it's good. Like you said, we won't know until the lineups are announced what he's going to do or until we see them boarding the plane. We'll, we'll find out. So you're expecting Chris, a a younger team with maybe uh, Brian Heal and Romero, uh, just getting some fitness work in here. 
um, but not like the likes of Sun, Lucas, Bergvine, Hoiberg. I think they'll be on um, the bench, okay. but I also think um, we'll see a mixture of old and young. This like, is, I mean, like, I just okay, don't want us to go ask, and take this. Let me too, ask you some very much. specific questions. Will Sissoko be playing in this game? Will we? God, I hope not, but I could see him doing it. Okay. Uh, Austin, what about you? What are, you th- what are your thoughts on this game? On well, this? so so real quick on Kane. Um, the reason I say Kane's not going to be there is because the Charlie Kane mouthpiece that is Jason Burt of the Telegraph, which we'll get to that that article later, gave an addendum to his article that he wrote today, he released earlier today, saying also Kane won't be there. I mean, Charlie Kane is saying Kane won't be there, which means they might have a showdown. So Levy may say, hey, Kane, you're you're traveling with the squad to Portugal. But I would I would highly doubt that it becomes a game of chicken with can with in a playoff European uh, match, even at one of as low stakes as this one of forcing Kane to go to Portugal if he says he's not ready. I'm sure Nuno would just say, you know what, screw it, stay home. So that's why I said that. But as far as the rest of the squad goes. Um, I would expect Sessignon, who played at the U23s the other day, I would expect Sessignon to be involved. Uh, Doherty would probably get the start at right back. I don't expect Aurier or Sissoko, who are actively on the transfer uh, list, to get involved because yeah. they're is, is, to get hurt. Is this, a, is this a Joe Roden, Cameron Carter-Vickers game? I don't know about Carter-Vickers. I would expect Dyer or Sanchez to play again. They're center backs. They're not going to get too overly exerted so playing in this match. Next to Roden? Yeah, next to Roden, and then you play yeah. off Sessignon and Doherty, and you rotate your fullbacks. So you ask so what about, a lot of what about center mids, Winks, and who else? Uh, you know, Hoiber plays a lot of minutes. I think you'll start probably see Skip again. Maybe um, you know, we'll see Galini in goal instead of instead of Hugo. But we don't have a lot of options up front unless you ask Dane Scarlett to start. And I, I believe that Brian Hill will probably see a debut for Brian Hill, and then. Um, but we don't have a ton of options up so front. Of the but it could again, it right? could be it could be Roden and Romero. Could be Roden and Romero. That's true. And then so our whole back four changes. But that forward, we don't have a ton of options. If yeah, Soko and Aurier uh, uh, are on the uh, transfer uh, list. And then you have Winks and Skip, but you still need another center mid. Like you have Deli. Yeah. Deli's not playing again. Deli's playing. I don't, no, Deli just ran too much. He's going to be asked to do that running again. Wolves. Lucas and Bergwine both ran a whole bunch. But I mean, we don't really have that. That's the problem is we don't. We're not really deep in that front three. Um, so either yeah, we see a change of formation, or we're going to see some players playing some, you know, yeah. minutes. Jack Clark. Jack Clark is there. You know, we have Dane Scarlett who I might get a start. There. Hmm. I always forget Jack Clark is still there. That he stayed on and didn't go out on loan. I always forget he's there. But I, I Geo, I could see Geo getting a start maybe on this one. Yeah. Geo could get Geo could get some minutes to get his legs back under him. I I definitely think Geo skip, maybe Geo skip and Winks and that allows Skip to play the box to box and Winks sit deep. Um, and then you have Brian Hill, Scarlet, and then maybe Lucas. Still have something up front. Still have still have Ben Davies as well. So Session could play up a, a higher role and Davies could play. True. Up. Oh, it's a good shout, Colin. I didn't even think about that. You could play Davies and Sassy yeah, on. The I didn't think about shout. that either. Yeah. Um, all right. So predictions, real quick. Thursday game. Don't want to spend too much time on it. This should be a, a, a fairly easy game, uh, all things considered. But uh, Chris, hit me with your prediction for Thursday. A two-nil win to Spurs. Uh, nothing fancy, but God, I just hope we don't take it too lightly and lose it. 
Yeah. Uh, awesome. I'm going to say 2-0 as well. And just so you know, I am keeping track of these predictions this season now. I have a spreadsheet all set up for it. Scoreboard, yeah. one point. One cool. point for the result correct, three points for the exact score correct. Yeah, well, you're at zero points then. I am a zero. Uh, <laughs> Both of you are a one point. Uh, but I'm only one point behind, so. Uh, yeah, I'll say two zero as well, because you guys aren't going to get any points on me this game. <laughs> oh, the competitive side of crit calling comes out. <laughs> I'll say two zero as well. Uh, okay, let's move it to this game uh, on Sunday against Wolverhampton. Uh, Nuno goes back to his stomping grounds at the Molyneux, uh, and man, I'm sure they're going to be... Uh, they're, they're ha- they have no hatred towards Nuno, because he left on good terms. We didn't steal them from... We didn't steal Nuno from Wolver, uh, from Wolves. He uh, left, and then we tried to hire four managers, and then he just kind of fell into our lap. So um, we are heading Sunday morning to Molyneux, and this is always a tough place to play for us. They do have a lot of injuries right now, but I did see some of the game against uh, Leicester, and they looked pretty good. They could have easily tied that game, if not won that game, against, uh, against Leicester. So... Not a not a team to be um, taken lightly or for granted. Um, let's talk briefly about this game. What our expectations are for lineup? Will Harry Kane return to the team as a starter or on the bench? Who wants to take this, Austin or Chris? Chris I could go first. Go ahead. There you go. Um, for our lineup, I'm honestly I'm expecting a lot of uh, the same as what we just saw against City. Um, I, the tough one is whether or not they, they choose to start integrating Kane at that point and bringing him back into the team. Maybe he gets that start. I just, it's tough to say. No one knows because no one knows what his fitness level really is like. No one knows his mentality. And the biggest thing is nobody knows what integrating him back into the team would due to the mentality that we're the good mentality that we're seeing. And that's my biggest concern. Um, I do think we're going to see very much the same as this lineup shy of a change at center back, but I think you'll see the same thing we saw against city. Awesome. Um, I I think we're, we're likely to see the same, the same lineup. The changes I could see making is Romero coming in. But I think he's going to be integrated very slowly. Um, I could see Lo Celso coming in for Skip and moving Koybeer back to the destroyer, you know, that that defensive role and having Lo Celso in Delhi. It depends on how Nuno rates the Wolves' ability to control the ball. Um, if he thinks we're going to have more of the ball, like we're going to have more like 55 or 60% possession, he's going to want someone like Lo Celso in that midfield three. So I could see a slight change in the midfield three. Uh, but up up top, it'll be the same front three. Our our fullback should be the same. And I would expect Dyer and Sanchez to get the chance, the opportunity to build on their performance. But it's possible that if, if anything heats up, any chance for business heats up for Sanchez, that we see Romero come in uh, for Sanchez. That would be kind of my expectation. So neither one of you see Kane starting this game. I don't think Kane is in the squad until the, the transfer window ends. I don't think he's even in the squad. That's my that's that that that's my feeling. I could be completely wrong on that, 
But I have a feeling Nuno's not even going to put him in the squad. He has a ready-made excuse. He's not fit. He came back two days before preseason. We're going to give him the rest of the month to get fit. I don't know what is. Like I said, we don't know what his mentality is. And if the team is playing that well like they did against City, and judging, I mean, they'll know what he looks like in training and where his head is at or a better idea of where his head is at. But if his head's not in the right place, don't throw him out there. I'd rather see Sun running around at striker or something of that make than than tossing a lump of Harry Kane well, back and, out of the pitch and hoping for the best. And we're, we're, you know, we're talking about Kane's head. I don't give a shit about Kane's head. Lucas Bergwijn and Son just had a great match. Who are you dropping to bring in Kane at this moment? Son has every right to act like our star man and have that opportunity and that platform to be our star man. I loved that after that Manchester City game, uh, NBCSN interviewed Son for about five minutes after that game on TV. That's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, but 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 what 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 did Son say? Son said that like Kane has his spot back. Yeah, because Son is an actual professional, unlike Harry Kane. Son is an well, actual no, no, good human saying. being no, and I'm actually saying, cared, like, and actually says the right things, unlike Kane, who do, who doesn't give a shit. I think, listen, he said the right thing, but you can see it written all over Son's face. He is loving being the center star man for us. And until this whole nonsense is settled, until Manchester City comes out and says we're done pursuing Harry Kane, or the transfer window ends, Kane's not going to start for us. Nuno's building something here that's built on unity and chemistry and effort, and bringing Kane into this squad and starting him ruins and undermines all of that. That's what that's a Jose Mourinho move. Yeah. To do that, and that's not. I just don't see that happening. Again, I could be completely wrong. But that would completely fly in the face of everything we just said about what we love about the city match that just happened. Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, again, everything we're going off of is speculation about his mentality and where his head's at. And there have been a couple of reports that he said, uh, you know, if the transfer doesn't go through, he puts his head down, gets back to work, and you'll see the old Harry Kane out there. But so much of that trust in that player eroded over the last two, three weeks over the summer, basically, that it's it's I can understand from Nuno's perspective, if you've got all of these guys playing on the same page and I don't want to toss it out there like I know. But part of what I would be telling the team is nobody thinks you can do this without him. Nobody thinks you're going to win games. You're going to win matches without him. So we need to go out every time and show player and show teams show the league that this is not just about one player yeah. and that we're if not, he's not, not there, there, we can still win games. Well, there. we also only we're have two more league games before the transfer window ends. We have Wolves and Watford. Then yeah. we have a we have a short break before we come back to, to Crystal Palace on September 11th. Yeah. So For by me, then, if it's not sorted out by next week, it's not going to happen. Well, I don't but see by Daniel then, is what I'm saying is that on deadline day. We can get results against Wolves and Watford without Kane. We should be able to. And then if Kane isn't sold, we have a full 11 days to get him back into the squad and get everything reset for Palace before we play Chelsea, Arsenal, and Villa in a row. So there's no reason to play him against Wolfram Watford. There's literally no benefit to it. It can only unsettle people. Yeah, I think on top of that, like it's going to be hard to, to um, 
you know, to integrate Romero after Dyer and Sanchez played so well against City. I think that you just have to. True. You, you probably have to wait until that that break and see how they play. Like one of one of them will have to make a mistake before you take them out. Like they played too well. There's no way that I would I would or be go. sold. I well, or, or just I, just come out from international break and you shake the team up. But I think you're right. We'll Colin, get to it, the next two matches. Just saying, Sanchez has already been on the block and they've already but, kind of tried to ship him out. So Colin, I agree with you. Dyer and Sanchez played so well. You can't. You set a bad precedent. Same, That's what Marino with, used to do. Same with Skip. I don't think Lucelso's coming in um, because Skip played so well. True, but they could be that. That could be more tactical, right? Like we want more, we want to hold on to the ball more instead of sit deep, and so we bring in Lucelso, who's more a, a player that can drive through the heart of a defense. But, and yeah, create. but we don't know what Skip can do with the ball. True, no, true. Nuno knows that better than we so. do. So it's possible. These are not I, the worst problems in the world I, to have. I, yeah. No, it's not. It's I, I, not. Think, <laughs> I, think we, I think we see the same starting 11 against um, the Wolver- Wouldn't hate it. Yeah. Wolverhampton on Sunday. So Wouldn't I'm not hate it. it. Let's do predictions here. Chris, what do you got? Sunday, Wolverhampton. Uh, Wolves. Austin, Austin, you're I'm, I'm going back to 2-1 to one on Wolves. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm copying those. You said 2-1 we win, Chris? Yeah, 2-1 Spurs against Wolves. Another three points. Is it on me now? Is it on me? Yeah, yes, it's yeah. on you. Um, I'm going. I'm going two one as I'm actually I'm going to go two nil. Actually, I think our defense looked so good against City. I actually until Wolves score, uh, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two nil. I think I think we'll have another good defensive performance and uh, we'll get it done on the defensive side. But we'll we'll have more clear cut chances and we'll put a second goal away. You guys aren't going to like this. You're going to predict a draw, aren't you? 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Give, give us the reason behind that. I was going to ask. What's your reasoning there? <sighs> Molyneux. You just have bad juju with Molyneux, I, huh? I think that the, like, they're going to be up against their former manager. It's just they're going to want to. They're going to want a result. It's kind of like how yeah, we. There's wanted... no bad blood there, right? Like. No, but you still want to. You still want to show what you have, and just like we wanted to show what we had against City, because they wanted Kane. We wanted to show that we could do something with, uh, without Kane. They're going to want to show that they that that maybe. Um, they don't, you don't have to have bad blood to want to perform against your old manager. That's true. I'm going to two two. I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope you guys are right. I hope you guys. Oh, it's a chance for for me to pick up some points on you. Yeah, it's time to catch up some points here yeah. on the table. But I'm gonna guess two two here as a draw, and then we uh, are uh, my uh, an early prediction against Watford is a victory. So we'll we'll have seven points from our first three games. All right, right now they a win for call. No, I'm just kidding. You can do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a score for you yet, but I think we'll have seven points after three games. So. Uh, I would have I would have bitten your arm off for that at the start yeah. of the season. I've given us ten to fifteen minutes to talk about transfers, and there's clearly um, a couple things we definitely need to approach here. First and foremost, let's just jump into it. Uh, Harry Kane's price, has, if if anything, has gone up after Sunday. Um, City definitely need a striker, <laughs> and that is something they have showed us, and so. Um, we are, we are two weeks away, uh, exactly two weeks away from the transfer window closing. And if we sell, we have to buy Chris Austin, who wants to take this first? What, what are we doing here? I'll take this. Austin, go ahead. 
I just don't see Kane leaving at this point. City have shown no indication that they're willing to even come close to a fair valuation. But, but let's put aside what the fans keep writing down as the valuation of 150 million pounds. It actually gets higher than that. I think Levy actually has it higher than that. And if he didn't, he has it higher than that now. City haven't even come close to it. They put a 100 million pound bid in at the beginning of the summer, and they just bought Grealish for that. As good as Grealish is, Tanganga just put him in his pocket for 90 minutes. So unless Tanganga is the second coming of Sergio Ramos, like which he might be, who knows? Maybe he is. Uh, there's no way Harry Kane's not worth at least 50% more than Jack Grealish. So and City have shown no indication. I mean, Pep had that bullcrap uh, statement of last week, earlier this week. I think actually right before the game, saying. We've actually only spent 30 million pounds because we've sold 50 million pounds worth of players. And then blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, actually, you've only sold 30 million pounds worth of players. And you just spent 100 million pounds on one player and you broke the English transfer record. Like, you can't you can't PR your way out of this, Pep. Uh, and they don't need a striker. Let's be real honest. They could still win the league without a striker because they won in the league last year without a striker. Kunigaro didn't play that many games. Gabriel Zeus didn't score that many goals. When Phil Foden comes back, when Kevin De Bruyne starting games, game in, game out, they're going to be just fine. It, it but for was, Harry Kane, it was Gundogan that scored. They had the most goals. Gundogan did score year. a lot of goals in the first half of that season to get them back on track. But they've got goals all over the pitch. Um, they don't necessarily need a traditional striker, but they want one for sure. But they've shown no indication that they're going to pay fair market value. Real Madrid for the Gareth Bale saga. Made every indication they were gonna they were gonna give fair market value, and Levy spent a month trying to pry a little bit more out of them and get other deals done, which led to Gareth Bale at the end of the window saying, "Okay, I'm there's one week left in the end window. I'm gonna stop training now because I need you to get this done." Totally different situation. Like, I just don't see Kane leaving at this point. I just don't see a world where where magically City are gonna blink. And pony up 160 million pounds. Chris, take me away, dude. I'm kind of every day that passes, as far as this is concerned, the price probably ticks up another one. And every day that that passes, I'm a little more convinced that he's not going anywhere. And I think he has at this point been told as such. Um, He's probably been told, like, look, we don't want to sell you. We have a certain valuation of you, and if they can come close or if they can meet it or exceed it, then we will consider a sale. But he's working to try and bring that valuation down so that City can get the discount that they want in order to make the purchase. And City have probably indicated to him, we are not going above X. So if you can't get Levy to come down to our figure, that's it. We're not going to do this. And that I think that's why they haven't lodged another actual bid they've just been kind of sounding it out to see if levy will just give some sort of some sort of break that he'll he'll come down something on the price um austin i 100 percent agree with you i think it, i find it funny that the 150 figure was floated all summer and then just this week you started to see little inklings of tier one and two tier two sources dropping 160 and 170 which to me indicates that maybe someone inside the club has said, look, now we're at 160, 170. And yeah, 
uh, Colin, with what you were saying, if we sell Kane, we immediately have to go buy. And yeah. our two primary targets for um, to bring in at striker that we know of, because we all know how Partici works at this point, um, the two primary targets we had both look to be either staying where they are or headed to another club. So, I mean, I, I just... Every day, that if they're thinking that they can wait until the, the deadline day and then drop down 150 and that's going to be it, we'll just take him on the last day of the... the I, I don't see Levy sanctioning that. And I honestly think if it's not done by the next week, or if we see... Um, I cannot pronounce the kid from Fiorentina in his name. Vahalovic, is that yeah. it? Close enough. Lotaro has already said... Close he wants to the yet. Yeah. Uh, if Volovich goes to Atleti, uh, it's a done deal. I don't see Lee selling Kane because I don't see where we turn for. We're not going to go pick up Bamford as our number one striker from Leeds. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So if, if something happens there, if no, if if our other our other targets disappear off the board, yeah. then is what it is. Austin, is there a world where we where we sell Kane and we don't buy another striker? No. And to add to all this, and, and, and you just mentioned this, Chris, the fact that there's not really a depth of market out there for other strikers makes this even less likely that we sell Kane. I mean, you mentioned Bam, or I think you, you know, there's Bamford maybe, but are we going to overpay for Bamford and panic buy? That doesn't seem like a Paratici move from what we've seen in the past month or so. I just, I, I, I don't, unless we somehow pull out something for Ollie Watkins, um, who I would be, I'd be completely down for spending on Ollie Watkins, what we were preparing to spend a month ago or a few weeks ago on, on Volovich, like a 50 million pound uh, number. I'd perfectly be fine with that with Ollie Watkins, but no, I, I don't think there's a there's a there's any way that we sell Kane at the deadline day. I think I think honestly, this Friday or Saturday is probably the date. I've seen reports that Levy has given them a date, and after that date, he's not even going to pick up the phone, and he shouldn't. Honestly, he shouldn't pick up the phone until there's any sort of indication they're willing to come close to valuation. But no, we're not going to sell in the last week of the window and be left without a chance of having any striker. And Son has to basically play the entire season up top. Um, yeah, because we have no back at the sun. Scarlet we have Dane Scarlett, who's 17 years old. He's not That's ready. It. So, like, if we sell Kane, we have to buy somebody else. We would have to bring Troy Parrott back from from loan and hope he's okay. Even then, like, that he's not. He's ready. 19, playing in League One. Yeah, he's, I think he's 28, 21. But either way, he's not. No, ready. he's 19. It's something like he's still too young. Either way you go. Question for both of you though. Um, say Kane stays after this weekend. And they do go for Bamford as the backup. You're 19 years old. Take that. Yeah, you're right. It's 19. What? Bamford is backup. Let's just say Kane stays after this money. week, and for, then for uh, the club much? goes and gets like 25 million for Bamford. Yeah, I would take that. Same as you get for like Ings. Yeah. You're not gonna get Bamford for 25 million. Though. No, you're not. No. <laughs> nah, he's. Probably, and they're gonna ask gonna for like pocket money for next like season. Like, I I don't know. I I think if Kane were to be sold, he would have been sold by now. Yeah, I agree. He is, he has to go. If he's gonna go, he has to go in the next um, couple of days. There's no way we're gonna be cut like you know ten days left without a, 
a backup striker, or at least technically not even a backup striker, a start a starting striker. Now we did just say we can get we can get points against Wolves and Waterford without Kane, but September Maybe. starts the real season. Yeah. So let's move on from Kane. Um, there are a few other transfers I want to talk about because we gotta get out of here. It's, it's we're over an hour already. Um, let's talk about quickly uh, in Dombele. Uh, yet to really, uh, not yet to really, he has not been seen on a bench or the pitch in general since preseason um, has started. Uh, as far as a game counts, Austin, I see you looking at me puzzled. Um, if I'm wrong, correct me. Is there a chance Ndombele is leaving uh, in the next two weeks? Chris? Uh, for me, no. Not because um, for any like team reasons, I don't think there's a club that can afford him. Uh, what Levy's going to ask for to 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 take him away? He's he's like the prize asset right now that that I think they'd be too scared that he would leave, go to another club, and then find the manager that can unlock him. Um, now that being said, if someone came in with the right money, I think they would let they'd part ways with him. How much money it. is that? How much money is that? What did we pay for him? Sixty-five. I think so. Sixty-five. Break <laughs> even. I don't. I. I just don't see him taking no a loss. No one's paying sixty-five for yeah, him. Yeah. No one's. Pay, that's what I'm saying. No one's gonna pay for him right now. So I don't. Well, that's the reason what, I don't see what, him leaving. What would you? What would you take for him right now? Uh, probably closer to fifty, maybe, maybe a little bit less. Okay. But. I mean, you're still taking a slight loss on him then. And I'll be honest with you, I I think in this system, given some time, I think he could work with Nuno. I think he can work out. I think there's been a lot more made of his um, his mentality. And then, you know, coming back and having a child and then the the changing of managers for the last for every year that he's been here. I think a lot of that rolls into his mentality and where he's at as a player. And given some time and some structure of a good manager, of a, of a Nuno-style manager in this system, I think he could work out. I, th- I think he fits one of those midfield roles. Austin, what about you? I'm not going to get into too much here because 90% of what is talked about in Dombley is all speculation because on the pitch, the only quill, the only – the only arrow in the quill for Ndombele haters or Ndombele, Ndombele uh, transfer mongers is that he does that he gets subbed off. But there's lots of players that get subbed off and don't play. I, I, I think that's just a weak argument. I think what Chris is saying is more apt. There's no way we get a fair valuation for him at this point in the window. Um, the big the big teams have less money. Most of the leagues have, have less money. Um, I think it, what's likely, I have no way of knowing this for sure, is that Nuno's just working really hard with him to get him to shape. Uh, he was in great shape under Mourinho in uh, last season. He played a ton of matches last season. He started 28 at- matches last season in the league. Uh, he played tons of minutes and covered plenty of ground. He's an unorthodox player. He's kind of like that style of uh, fighter in those fighting games that like the drunken master style. It's like it looks awkward and weird, but people just don't understand it. He, but he's amazing. Everyone on the team knows he's amazing. He's popular amongst the players. I think this is just a situation where 
he's going to take a he's going to take a little bit of time to to integrate into this new system. But he's had nothing but constant change in this in this team since he came in here two years ago. So um, you know, if, if by the end of the season we're still sitting here and saying, "Oh, where does he fit in?" Okay, I'll I'll say maybe he goes next summer. But he played 28 games last season in a really shitty side, uh, the worst Tottenham side I've seen since uh, AVB, and AVB still finished fifth. So. I think Ndombele sticks, sticks around. I just think we'll probably see him after the international break. Okay. Uh, you want to take? You want to make a bet on that? What the bet on what? Whether he that, plays that, for us this season? That he, by this time, by the end of the transfer window of the summer next year, that he's not a Tottenham player. I'm not making a bet that's not going to pay off for 12 months. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Wait, that's the Are Everton you bet? kidding that's me? No, I'll make a bet with you that on September 4th he's a Tottenham player. Whoa. Yeah, you're not interested in that bet, are you? I bet he plays under 20 games this year. He, he has under 20 appearances? Yeah. Like, even off the bench? Yeah. That's like the I'll bet you a hundred dollars that he plays more than twenty games this season. You guys counting considering the, uh, considering the number considering considering the number of competitions we're in, we're gonna play fifty games this season. You think he plays less than half of our games? We've played I, one game this season, Colin. Do you really want to do this? Yeah, I'll bet you fifty bucks that under, he plays uh, under twenty-five games. You just said twenty. Twenty-five games under under twenty-five games, fifty bucks. No, as soon as he plays the 25th game, I get $50. Yep. Okay. Mark it down. You heard it here first. You're just you're just trying to and, give and, me that Everton and, money back. And, and if it gets if it gets transferred out in the next two weeks, you just send me 50 bucks. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine because there's like a 0.01% chance he gets transferred in the yeah. next two weeks. Yeah, maybe we'll see. So we, I just want to get our first bet on the on the books for 2022. That's that's fine. And I and I'm gonna start an Indomble. Indomble appearances tracker on my little spreadsheet right now and every podcast up oh, there's another one. Oh, there's two this week look at that he he subbed in for four minutes that's an appearance yeah i hope you're right i don't think you're right though um okay. Colin, do you know how do you know how many games he played last season 28 well no he had 28 starts he had 36 appearances last season it's true and how many, how many, you he hasn't even shown up on a bench in the preseason yet so neither is harry kane I don't think Harry Kane's going to play 25 games for Tottenham either. <laughs> uh, he guarantees plays 25 games if he's still a player here September 1st. I don't think he will be. Oh, no. If he's... We can make that bet, Colin. You want to make that bet, whether Harry Kane's going to be here September 1st? They will throw yeah. that man. If he's here yeah, after that, the yeah, deadline, he'll be starting. Okay, all right, all right. This is not a gambling podcast. Move it along, I'm trying to. You just offered a bet. I said yes. Okay, uh, outgoing transfers, uh, Sissoko and REA, two biggest glaring names on my outgoing transfer list. Um, are they both going to be Tottenham players September 1st, Chris? As of right now, yeah, unfortunately. Well, well, well yeah, they're still part uh, of the But squad. I mean, like, I, I, the last time there was an inkling about uh, Sissoko, there was some team in the uh, in the Middle East in Qatar that was looking at him. And then um, there were one or two teams in the French league, but I mean, has there there's hasn't even been a bid? I, I 
it's hard to see them moving at this point. I mean, we got two weeks left, and there's been yeah. nothing that we know of, nothing reported. So it's just it's difficult to see them moving on. I hate to see us lose two players because what Ario's done is uh is the last year on his contract, right? So if he makes it through this season, he leaves on a free. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Austin, do you know? Ra? I don't know. That that sounds about right, but I, I think it is. I think Suzuko has two years left on a deal, but they're ready to leave him. But so Aria didn't come on huge money. I don't think it's something that. I mean, he's already played enough games and made enough of an impact. I think he came in for twenty or twenty-five million. I think we're not he's too worried about twenty-nine-year-old right back. I just. Yeah, I mean, if somebody came in and said, "Hey, we'll give you ten million from him," I, I would bite your hand off. I've at least heard crappy about. rumors about Sissoko going places. I've heard literally nothing about transfer Ferrari, which is really strange. You got to think somewhere out there, someone out there could spend, you know, five, ten million on a right back that has Champions League experience um, yeah. and is and is a ridiculous athlete. Um, yeah, that's that's just it's hard to see that two weeks left any anybody jumping on Suzuko or Serge Aurier on deadline day as a uh, blockbuster transfer. So let, let's uh, let's wrap this up. I want to ask you both how many more outgoing transfers do we have uh, in two weeks' time, Chris? Mm, at least one. Okay. One more player will leave. Awesome. I'm assuming you're talking about senior players and not uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. youth or yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm I'm hoping to, uh, but I, I I don't know. I haven't seen two. I mean Carter Vickers I think will probably leave. It's so funny that out of the three of him, Sissoko Arie, he's the one that has all the concrete links and teams that seem to be interested. Like it's just got to be his age. 20, yeah, it's 23 or 24, I think. Yeah, so um, and he'll probably go to a, a, a mid a mid league or a mid table side in a slightly lower league or something. But I think we'll have at least one. And if you count him as a senior player, I think we'll have at least one. But I'd say two. Okay. Uh, incoming transfers, Chris. Incomings, I would say probably there'll be at least two more because I think we will land um, Tamiyasu. Everything indicates that uh, shy of some finalizing stuff that that might actually be done. And we have to get another striker. There has to be a backup somewhere in there. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's another loan move or something that we bring on, but we need more than one striker. There, there just has to be an option out there that we can, that we can pick up and, and utilize. Uh, awesome. What was the question? Incoming transfers. Uh, I think we're going to get one forward slash midfielder and one more defender. I think Tomiyasu or Milinkovic comes in and we'll get either a midfielder or a forward. I think we'll have two more. Two more. All right. All right. Well, that pretty much uh, hold on real quick. Just because we made our first bet, $50, right? Uh, just so you know, 33 was the number of Premier League appearances. He made, uh, let's see, two more plus two more. So four more. Plus nine in Europa League, so he made 50 appearances last. Season, just so you know. Yeah. So I'm you're. Not, I, I'm not worried about it. I think he's gone. You th- have you seen a single link for him being being sold? I think 
No, but I don't. I think just like Harry Kane, like the difference between Harry Kane and and and, and Dombley is Harry Kane wants to be gone, and Dombley no one really knows, but he's not even in Nuno's plans. Like he's not even like. But you don't know. Gonna, see, this is this is, see this no, gets to the heart of what everyone does, Colin. Nuno's Colin said he's working hard and hard in training. They're working hard in training, and he's and it's just not the time for him. He has said nothing about him not being in his plan. I didn't say that. He, I'm just you just he's, said he's not in Nuno's plans. How do you not, know he's not in Nuno's plans? He's not on the bench. So? Maybe he's not fit. Sissoko wasn't on the bench. He's not in his plans. But Kane wasn't on the bench either. Sissoko's definitely not in his plans. I'm just saying, like, God. just because he wasn't on the bench for the first game of the season doesn't mean he's or, not in his or plans. Any, or any preseason game for a guy who didn't play in the Euros. Yeah, he just came back from having a baby. Austin, you should just be happy that you, if you're right, you win 50 bucks. I'm just saying you are echoing all of the BS arguments just, that keep being thrown out there because people want to hate on Anomaly because they I, don't understand him. He's enigmatic. I get it, Colin. I get that you also, don't understand him. I'm just him. tossing this out there. But you're also acting like you understand him. Like I don't. Just, I'm saying that I don't understand him. I'm saying that he had 50 appearances last season and is clearly one of our most talented players, and we have no reason to suspect that Nuno isn't planning to use him. Well, I don't think that he would fit in the system that Nuno wants to play. There's no okay. way. Okay, you you can have that analysis and that judgment. That's the, fine. The way, the way that our midfield played on Sunday, there's no way that Ndombele would match that intensity. And that's I'm, okay. I mean, right there. Maybe what you just said. Uh, what? Not even two months ago, we were saying the same thing about Delhi. There's no yeah. way that Delhi finds a way to fit. Who's we? Who's we? I didn't say that about Delhi. Okay, well, maybe you didn't. The majority of people, and but not the majority only that, people were looking and at a covered just as much ground, if not more game. so, than a lot of people under Mourinho when people weren't even really that uh, enthused to play for him. Uh, here's the and Dombley had a here's, good season last season, and people he gets masked by the fact that we had a shit season under Mourinho. The difference between Ndombele and Delhi is look how Delhi's responded this offseason, look how Ndombele's responded. We don't know what Ndombele had. He responded before Wait. he had a child and got in. in, in Ndombele had a kid? Never working out. Yes. He's that's he, that's he, what I'm saying. First male to have Ndombele, a kid. no. Colin, how many kids do you have? Have a child. Chris is the only one that has a kid, so maybe <laughs> we should me. defer to Chris on, on, the, on the effect <laughs> on having are a baby. You, are you out of shape after having a kid, just, Chris? I'm just – I'm going to let you know that first couple of weeks after you have a newborn child, you're not sleeping. You're not eating. You get zero rest because especially your first one, right, Chris? There's, there's, yeah, there's no your mentality. Listen, my brother just had my brother, my brother just had a son. It was their second kid, and it's taken him two months to get his sleep schedule back on track, where he's not a walking zombie, Colin. So I'm just saying, I don't have a kid. I've had multiple people yeah. that have close to me have had kids, and you they're usually walking zombies for two months. You know what the best part about all this is? Is whenever you eat crow and about. Two weeks time. And just some Don't worry, I'm gonna start a tracker, Colin. Just like you had to remind me all season long about where Everton stood at <laughs> the table. Would, it it won't even last as a tracker because he's gonna be gone before the, this even starts. Colin that just tells me that you know very little about transfers, Colin, because there's no way someone comes in with 40, 50 million pounds for Ndombele in the next two weeks when people aren't even spending a hundred and something million on Harry Kane. There, who no one has the money for Ndombele. Nobody. And Levy is not going to all of a sudden let Ndombele go for 20 million quid just because of, you know, he he doesn't need that. There's no okay. reason to. He can hold on to him next season, get that right. next summer or more. The, the beautiful thing is the bets already made. So we'll just see what happens. Yeah, it is. You're right. It's a beautiful thing because we're going to go back and replay. I'm going to have Chris snip this 
and you're going to look like such an idiot come Christmas when he's already hit 25 appearances. Keep going. Keep going. This gets better because I can keep clipping the things. Such an idiot. As Colin, you, as you Colin you're not going to be the one clipping this, my friend. I'm sorry, but it's uh, it's hilarious to me how you're making these grand assumptions off of knowing nothing. I am actually making a predictive assumption. He made 50 appearances last season. No reason to think you're you're predicting off of a completely different team that we just saw play a completely different. And you're predicting of off of these intangibles that you've somehow have insight into. No, I'm predicting off of what we've seen from Nuno. We haven't seen anything from Nuno. He has said he's 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 working hard in training. All the players love him, and he's gonna he's gonna play when he's ready. He's, he's also said the same thing about Kane, right? No, he hasn't said any no. of that about Kane. He didn't say. He's not said any of the same about, things about Kane as he said about Ndombele. He didn't say anything about Kane being in training and he's here for the team. No. No, he said. Uh, nope. I, no, he said he's was, working. He's, he, yeah, I haven't spoke to Kane. He's working in. He's working in isolation. And when Kane back, came back in the team, he said he's training with the team and we'll make a decision. But with Ndombele, he said for a month now he's working hard in training. It's not the time for him yet, but it will be his time soon. So we'll see. I guess we'll see. You set the bar really low, Colin. 25 appearances. 25 appearances. Doherty will have 25 appearances this season. You're going to make a 50 bucks bet on that? Oh, too? Jesus Christ. All right. Can we get out of here, please? <laughs> We're out of here. Podcast over. Podcast over. It feels good to be 2-0. and 2-0 and on uh, $100 richer because of Austin. This one's going to be even sweeter than the Everton one. This is going to be even sweeter than the Everton one. Colin, you uh, are just – you're setting yourself up so badly here, my friend. Like, that, I just feel e- bad e- for e- you. Easy to say for a guy that's down 50 bucks after a year of podcasting. No, I'm uh, not down 50 bucks. That was last season. I've already, I've already written that off, my friend. Yeah, well, that would be down 50. Uh, Chris, Austin, uh, at the end of the day, plus three points. I'm going to have uh, to go because my son's waking up. He is, he is wide awake. Uh as always, onwards and upwards. Come on, Come on you Spurs. Chris? My bad. Come on, you Spurs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>